Hi, this is Angela Breidenbach with Historically Speaking on the Along Came a Writer Network. And today I'm really pleased to have with me my longtime friend, Lena Nelson Dooley. <laughs> Lena is an author in her own right. She has written over 35 books and has won, no kidding, the Will Rogers Medallion, not once, but twice for her books. And some of her books have won three awards. So when I'm telling you about my friend, She's a wonderful, wonderful friend that I'm going to have a lot of fun interviewing about her family's ancestry and at least one, maybe if there's time we'll fit in a second one, the stories of her ancestors, the true love stories from history. And then we're going to give you a little bit of a genealogy tip today, maybe two if we fit in that second story. And that way you can go on past your brick walls and your genealogy. And we hope that these love stories, as always, encourage you to have stronger loves within your lifetime, but also help you to connect your children to where they've come from so they know who they are. Welcome, Lena. Thank you for having me, Angie. This is going to be fun. I know. It's it's so much fun for me because being the host, I get to ask lots of questions about like great love stories. And being a romance writer, that's really fun for me. But now you are a women's fiction and a Western um, writer, and you use elements of romance and and that's what brought me to you to say, hey, I want to hear about the love stories out of your family because you've got to be a good storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> so you told me I, that oh. you have a story that um, comes out of Norway. And this yeah. is your grandparents or your great-grandparents? It's my, it's my great-grandparents. And do you know the, their names? No, I know my... I know my grandfather's name mm-hmm. and grandmother's name on that side, mm-hmm. but I, I don't, well, I don't know the, the parents and I don't, I don't have them. Uh, I'm sure my cousin has it in that thing that she sent, sent all of us, but I didn't find it before we There's did always this. one relative in the family who's the genealogy expert, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yours happens yes. to be your cousin. So, My cousin in Minnesota, yes. yes. And we found that we also had that in common, Minnesota, uh, from Sweden and the Scandinavian roots. So that was really yeah. fun. So yeah. now tell me, what got you interested in um, discovering a little bit more about these great-grandparents? Because they're a mystery to you, right? Yes. Uh, and I hadn't thought a lot about it. Now, I knew my grandparents, but I didn't know anything about the great-grandparents. And then when my cousin did this thing and sent it to me, it was like, wow, I like knowing this. This is so cool. And But there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of holes in what we know. Yeah. And it's that's the hard part about tracing our roots, you know, that finding out how do we fill those holes. And some of the ways we can do that sometimes is th- there's a lot of different forms. And I'm going to just give a little genealogy tip right off the top here. There's a lot of different forms that you can use to find out how to fill those holes. And some of them are, there's some family uh, sheets where you can put in one family, and then you can trace each one of the individuals within that family. There's actually family trees. And um, I might put up a couple of these forms um, for folks uh, in our uh, slideshow below. So if you go to Blog Talk Radio, Along Came a Writer Network, and you find the historically speaking show that aired on uh, March 10th, Friday, March 10th, 2017. In the bottom, there is a slideshow. 
I will put a, a couple of those forms just so that you can kind of see what they look like. Um, one of them will be the family tree. There's one that I really love, Lena, that is a fan. And it doesn't allow us to have a ton of detail information, but it shows us where there's a hole. And you can also fill out these fans and you can make them very decorative and you can do really fun things with them. Like you maybe people who enjoy embroidery or something like that or they enjoy quilting. You can make fan quilts or fan embroidery pillowcases or beautiful uh, mosaics on your wall and things like this. Really, really fun. But what I like the fan for is the one tool of showing the whole. Where's the missing name? and what line does it come off of. And then you can take that to any of these other forms that help you fill in the blanks of some of this detail. And one of the most important thing about these forms is being able to write down and cite, C-I-T-E, where you got that information from. So I'll have to show you those, Lena, and then I will, for folks, I will show you on the slideshow and tell you where I got those forms so you can get them too. All right, so your cousin sent you this information and in some sort of a folder or a format? Yeah, just it was just papers, you know, uh -huh. uh, kind, of, kind of like a family tree, but with some information beside, beside what, all the different names. What we could know, what mm -hmm. we could know. Mm -hmm. So it was more of a um, genealogi genealogical um, mini bios? Or I guess was so. It like birth, death, marriage, uh, christening type of thing, burial. Well, no, it was more than the birth, death, and christening thing. It it had <clears throat> little bios. detail. Okay, perfect. Snippet snippets of details. Snippet bios. You know, There's our new word. <laughs> so tell us what you learned. Well, uh, the story that I was talk telling you about before. Excuse me. <coughs> I'm sorry. No, it's really it's been dry here in Montana, and yeah, Lena, we are you're having, down in Texas, right? Yes, and we're mm -hmm. having so many things. We're having spring in the middle of winter, and oh, don't I uh, wish we have uh, Christmas in the middle of March? <laughs> we, have, we have trees blooming and flowers blooming that shouldn't be and it's been a weird winter here but anyway so I have and I have allergies um what my cousin told me uh, was that uh, our our great as it was my great grandparents mm -hmm. uh they they were from Norway mm -hmm. and my great grandmother was the daughter of a clergyman and in their society at that time the clergy were pretty high class you know mm -hmm. and my great grandmother fell in love with a shepherd oh scandalous <laughs> well shepherds were shepherds were really considered lower class they just really were and uh, as her relationship with this young man, I don't know how soon her parents found out or what, but when they did, uh, the great great grandfather, um, he forbade her from marrying him, mm. and uh, they they were so much in love that she 
went against her father, knowing that it would raise his wrath against her. But she chose this man to be to be her husband, and they married. Mm. And uh, then my great great grandfather, or her her father, just absolutely cut her off from the family. He he told his wife not to con- not be in contact with her. Her siblings could not be in contact with her. Mm-hmm. She was, it was almost like she was shunned yeah. from, from the family, not from the church, but from the family. I'm sure they didn't go back to that church, to the church <laughs> back there. And um, they lived there in Norway until after their first, no, their second son was born there because their second son was our my great was my grandfather. Mm-hmm. The thing is, so I, was your grandfather born in Norway? Then my grandfather was born in Norway. How, however, we thought all these years we thought he was the oldest child because he was the oldest child in Minnesota of them. You know, oh. when they were in Minnesota, my cousin had found out. That well, they they decided to immigrate to the United States. They uh, I think they probably knew some people who had settled in Minnesota because a lot of Scandinavians did. You know that. Oh yeah, a lot yeah. A lot of my did. family is from Minnesota too. Yeah. Yeah. And Sweden. so, <laughs> yeah. So they um, they came to the United States, settled in the area of Litchfield, Minnesota, mm-hmm. and um, but. What we did not know that my cousin found out was that our my grandfather was their second child because their oldest child was buried at sea. Oh, how heart wrenching! Oh, yeah. So, so they he, he became the oldest child, not because he became, any, oh. yeah, he became the oldest child because. The older one died on the ship coming over. Do you know how and, old that little one was? Or is that something you just don't I know? Don't, I don't know that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. Or well, we didn't even know he was. Until. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a, um, there's a question that comes out of this for, for you, too, that I wanted to ask. Because it's always fun for everybody to find real relatives, real people that exist in the world. Um, is it okay to ask you what your grandparents' names were in case there's anybody out there related to you that is looking for their family? Okay, my grandparents were August M. Nelson, August A-U-G-U-S-T, M. Nelson. Mm-hmm. And actually, I was the second Lena Nelson because my grandmother was Lena Nelson. However, my cousin sent me a, a later she sent me a wedding invitation from August M. and Olena. Olena. Braxton. Olena with a D R A X T O N. Olena Draxton. Now she's she's Swedish, and there's another story on the Swedish side if we get time to it. But mm-hmm. yes, they they uh, uh, August M Nelson and Olena Draxton Nelson, and my father was Benel B E N N E L. Mm-hmm. Benel Aldean, and it's A-L-D-E-N, Benel Aldean Nelson. Now, I have a brother who is Brian 
Aldine Nelson. And the funny thing about it is the Brian is our mother's maiden name, Brian's. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay, and it's I'm going to point out something, our, too, yes. um, that whenever you're doing your genealogy, when you write something onto any of those forms that we talked about earlier, you always capitalize the last name. And whenever you're talking about the woman, it's always with her maiden name. And every name is always capitalized on any genealogy form. And that's a, something uh, that's hard to kind of get used to. But the reason is you really want to pop out those the lineage name that people are searching for. And you also want to specify because often first names and middle names and last names, they can all be kind of mingled together. You want to know which is the last name. So for instance, Brian could be a first, middle, or last, but if you yes. capitalize it, now you know that's a last name. And so that's, yes. a, that's a genealogy tip. Okay. 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 But anyway, uh, they, they lived here, had a, a number of children, um, I, I'm, I'm not sure how how many siblings my grandfather had. My father was one of nine, wow. so they all had lots big family, big families. But uh, they they had a, a good life here in the United States. You know, a loving family. It was a it was a good love story. But there's a little bit of kind of a a bittersweet to their story. Tell us a little about that. Because. My great-grandmother, I have, one of my aunts told me this the last time I was in Minnesota before she passed on, mm -hmm. and she, she said that she remembers her grandmother writing letters back to Norway, to her family, mm. and never getting an answer. And so when it had been long enough to get a letter back, I mean, over all these years, mm -hmm. all these years she lived, when it was t time enough, she passed time when she should have gotten an answer if someone was going to answer her, then she cried. Mm -hmm. she, she says that's, that's a memory that stands out in her mind was her grandmother crying because no one answered those letters. So that means that this shunning that the grandfather, you know, great-grandfather put on her mm -hmm. lasted her lifetime wow. from the family. Now, so see, that's bittersweet. Me, it is bittersweet. And it's like, do we really want it to be that way? You know, um, I think all of us have somebody in our family that either, either we've shunned or that has shunned us um, thinking that they're right for some reason. And their, their pride is so in the way um, that they they just can't be wrong, and if they were, you know, if they were to forgive, um, what would that do, you know? And it just it amazes me that you know we think today in today's culture and today's climate things are rough, but we don't realize humans are humans are humans, and and as you and I talked about off air, I'm going to bring on air. Human beings are fallible. We're not yes. perfect, and every single human being has the ability to have a sick soul. And people ask often, well, how can you, you know, forgive that person, or how can you be kind to that person? You know, she, your um, great-grandmother, by continuing to write home, 
showed forgiveness for something that was done to her over her lifetime, and yet she showed a forgiving spirit continually. And that's something to really well, look at as a beautiful but, example. Let me tell you something else about that. Now, I, I had told you that I used this in in a book years and years ago. Uh-huh. And I I took something from the the father the grandfather's family and from you know the great grandfather's family from my grandfather's family and from my grandmother's family and I used events from each side and put them together in the book as happening to uh my uh main character you know mm-hmm. the the female character so you fictionalized I, some real stories you fictionalized them to create a story uh-huh. yeah and what happened is all, all the time I'm writing this book I was going to have the the father back in uh this was actually I put the father in Sweden but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway mm-hmm. that I was going to have him die and they 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 never no no I w- I was going to have him him forgive and come here mm-hmm. but when I was writing that God just changed it. Have you ever had that happen, Angie? Yeah. The God story goes a different direction it. than you think. God changed <laughs> it. But God used it to teach a lesson. And I've had people contact me about this fact, this one fact that had never entered my mind. What's this that? one fact. And that was when the, the father, the father actually dies in the book. Mm. And so the girl never gets resolution can can never can never make you know act, mm-hmm. act res, that kind of thing but after the father dies her mother comes here to the united states mm-hmm. and she she finds out that her her father had changed his mind and and Forgiven was, or was, released as was not, surprise. But she, yeah, but what happened is she said, but how can how can I forgive him because he's dead? I can't. And it was a lesson in that book about you can forgive a person who's dead. Mm-hmm. You don't, you can do it through your heart through the Lord, through the Lord only, you know, you can forgive that person and you can be freed from that burden you carried because we think like, okay, the person's dead. What, what can you do about it? Mm-hmm. You can't do anything. So I've got this burden here. Mm-hmm. But God was wanting to teach us that that's not true. And I've had people contact me and say, I am so thankful that you put this in the book because I was able to forgive my sister-in-law and she, she was gone. And, and I, I felt like I was tied to that burden because she wasn't here for us to get forgiveness and get together. Mm -hmm. So that was a powerful thing to use in a book that touched people. I think it's important too, because that's exactly why I want these stories told. Um, I, I want to use, what we learn from history to help people today. And our families right. are rich, rich um, diamond mines, I guess, for <laughs> this kind of discovery. 
And the reality is that forgiveness and unforgiveness, the choice of that lies within ourself, not in That's the other true. person's behavior. And that if we let the other person's behavior dictate whether we, we forgive or don't forgive, like you said, we carry around a burden. And that burden, um, there was a children's, um, a parent and children's devotional we did with our kids um, years ago. And uh, one of our kids was having a really hard time with just, the, you know, that proverbial chip on your shoulder. Um, this, oh, yeah. This little kid had quite a chip on on. I don't even want to say whether it was a male or a female. <laughs> and I made that child, uh, this devotional gave the idea of taking a Sharpie, you know, real thick Sharpie, and writing what it was that made you angry on a potato. And if you had a lot of anger, you wrote out all the different things you were angry about on all these different potatoes. And then you carried that potato sack around with you day in and day out and day in and day out. And basically, you do that until you're willing to put it down. And I actually did that literally with this child. And uh, we wrote the anger, um, the things that that child was spouting, onto a potato. Uh, and we filled a sack of potatoes. And let me tell you, they were Costco-sized, so they were really heavy. <laughs> <laughs> and I stuck that sack of pota that potatoes, yeah, the sack of potatoes in that child's backpack and made that child carry that sack of potatoes. And about the first day, that child wanted to put that sack of potatoes down because, of course, they're very, very heavy. But on top of that, over time, they start to spoil and they sprout. <clears throat> and what you see then is that you can grow anger by holding on to it. And you can sprout um, these things into more parts of your life than you realize. But on top of that, the smell is carried with yeah. you. It shows in your face. It shows in your attitude. It shows in, in the way you interact with people. And so it, to me, even if you don't do it literally, although I challenge anybody out there to do this, if there's someone in your past, someone in your family, um, who is maybe shunning you for a reason they shouldn't, who has maybe done something to you so you're angry, um, I challenge you to carry a sack of potatoes. And then choose to set that down and allow that to be your releasing of that anger and that that, that can grow all those little finger potatoes and into other parts of your life and release that in a way that yes. would uh, help you to heal. So instead of, of growing rotten potatoes and letting them continue to sprout, um, plant them in the ground, get rid of them. And let them feed the world instead with joy. Yes, yes. That's very good, Angie. <laughs> Thank goodness somebody wrote that years ago, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we got that devotional from, uh, I, I want to say it was from Focus on the Family, but it, it, was, uh, it was a family thing where you, you did these weekly um, yes. devotional times with your kids. And that one uh, really stuck because I actually made one of our kids <laughs> act that out and do it. And, I just think it's really valuable to to see if if you put something into a visual how that can affect your life. Yeah. So did your great grandma ever really hear resolution from that side of the ocean? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. I I really don't. She never she never heard from 
no. I, and my aunt said until the day she died, she wrote these letters and then cried. So what I hear you say is that your great-grandma was quite a compassionate and loving and forgiving person. And mm-hmm. so, and knowing you, I believe oh. <laughs> she passed that on into her future generations. And so I, I like to challenge people, too, that you have a choice. Set yes. down that sack of potatoes and, uh, and choose to seed your family with love, compassion, and, and kindness because you can find that you can create an entire line of people that are joyful and happy and productive, or you can find that you've created a bunch of rotten potatoes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so do, do we have time for me to tell the happy ending story? I'd love to hear. We have five minutes, and then we have to start our closing. Okay. So, yes, give us five minutes of a okay. happy ending story. I, but you're here, and to me, to me, long. your other story is a happy ending because it shows so much love, compassion, yes. and forgiveness, and, yes. and the beauty of, of. And she and she had a good marriage, and she had a, a a good family, and that kind of thing. Yes, but there was always that missing thing from her fam from her life. Mm-hmm. The other one, I the the other event that that actually triggered me writing this book in the first place mm-hmm. was this one. My um, my great great grandparents parents uh, anyway it's one more generation back mm-hmm. of my daddy's family on his mother's side mm-hmm. they immigrated to uh, uh, the Litchfield Minnesota area and they had several children and they were like teens and early, you know early 20s and that kind of thing they were mm-hmm. uh, grown up i mean they had younger ones too but i know there were two boys the oldest son and the second son the the that second immigrated son, right that they immigrated the immigrated. whole the whole mm-hmm. family immigrated and the second son worked 5 years to earn enough money to send back to his fiance in sweden Mm-hmm. So that she could come and and marry him, that was their plans when they left uh, <clears throat> Sweden. This was what was going to happen, and so of course back then you were talking in the kind of a middle late like eighteen sixties seventies. Yeah, there was a some... there was a big migration time in there for the Swedes. Yeah. Yeah, Had and so to do with potatoes, by the way. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, he sent the money back to her, and and at that time, you know, it took a long time for the mail to get there, right? And then it took a long time for her to get ready. I'm sure she was preparing along, mm-hmm. but you know, when you know you're going to go, then you have to start the okay. I've got to pack this and I've got to do this and I need some more of this. And, you know, and no, who knows how long it took her. Right. I'm assuming all of this whole thing took maybe a year mm-hmm. around that. And she did come and she arrived in the Litchfield area. And we don't know what happened, mm-hmm. but she married the older brother. Oh, my and gosh. Drama. So I, so I, I, that when my, when my, uh, uh, aunt was talking about that we had gotten this thing from my cousin and we were talking about it and I said does anybody know why she married the uh, other brother and they said no we don't know why and of course you know you're a novelist and I am too Uh and I'm like 
So what actually could happen that could cause that to happen for her to marry the other brother? And um, I thought of some scenarios and and got rid of them because that didn't I didn't feel like that worked and and that's how the book the other brother which is where these both of these scenarios are part of the story of my characters I came up with what I thought was a believable reason uh, for her to marry the other brother you know, I think that's a really cool story. And so they did get married, and this yeah. became your great-great-grandparents, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay, so here's another genealogy tip. Um, a way to kind of narrow down to find out maybe what happened to the first brother, the first fiancé, uh, is make sure you check census before and after so that you can find out if that person was in another household, um, if they were on one census but not on another, may give you a hint to start looking in cemeteries and parishes and things like that. Um, that time frame in Minnesota is a good time frame because there should be you know lots of records. So I'd start looking for a death record, and um, there's there's wonderful things that for whatever reason Swedish families are really known for doing this they make a lot of scrapbooks and so uh -huh. I would find out if anybody kept any of that generation or the following generations scrapbooks and um, no kidding they clipped newspaper articles like crazy I'd be looking for newspaper articles and obituaries and you could even search online for an obituary but another thing to do is if you know the name of that person Go to findagrave.com and see oh. if you can look up where that person's grave is. And there have been people going through graveyards all over the world and cataloging and putting up pictures of tombstones and information that's there. And if they came from Sweden, there is a high likelihood that they were of the Lutheran um, church. And yes. So yes. Daddy's would, family was Lutheran. Mm -hmm. So I would go back and I would search out the names of the churches in that area, and then I would search their graveyards. But I would search like find a grave first. I would, and I would also search the censuses around that area, and see if I could find he's on one, but he's not on another, and whether he's within households. Because a lot of the families, even though they were big, like in my family, Swedish family, they all lived like in the same area for a while, and they spread out and started getting different farms. Yeah. And then at different times, they would switch off to different people's farms. So they could show up on one census in one and one census in another. So okay. I would start looking for the death record. And because okay. you know he sent the money to her at a specific time, you know, looking for the wedding date of the couple that did get married, work backward. And um, then also look for any family letters and journals. And those mm -hmm. kinds of mm -hmm. things can help you solve the mystery of what yeah. happened to this, you know, young man and why he didn't follow through with his promise, you know. In the meantime yeah. of when he did this, to work for five years and send off uh, uh, money and then she comes, it's highly unlikely that he's going to find someone else. <laughs> you know, that, that that's just unlikely. But it could have happened, you know. But the other thing that's highly likely is, it has been passed down for thousands of years. It is quite common that an older brother 
or another brother will take on the responsibility of the promise of the dead brother. You know, mm-hmm. and that's a very biblical thing to have happen. Yes. So it's very likely that that brother passed away or was unable to fulfill his marital promise for one reason or another. So those yeah. are the tips I would give any genealogy, uh, anybody trying to find out the reasons. That's, those are the tips I would suggest to find the resolution to that mystery. Yeah, at least that's a start in this short amount of time. So, Lena, because we have hinted at your books, would you tell us, please, the name of the book that you have both these stories in? Well, the book that was in was The Other Brother, Mm -hmm. but it's out of print. It's a long time out of print, Mm -hmm. but it's a series, and the first three books in that series are coming out in October. In 2017? Yes, and a one-volume mm-hmm. Brides of Minnesota book. So they can get that and find out how what I did to make them make it work. Oh, that's awesome. So you re- so the story, The Other Brother, is going to be included in the Brides of Minnesota? Oh, I'm excited about that. Okay, will you send me the book cover? And folks, yes. I know you're listening, uh, whether you're listening today on March 10th, 2017, or you're listening into the future, I'm going to put Lena Nelson Dooley's book cover, The Brides of Minnesota, in the slideshow. And uh, it will also be on my website at AngelaBreidenbach.com. So you can find a blog post about Lena Nelson Dooley's interview today here on Along Came a Writer Network. The show is called Historically Speaking. My name's Angela Breidenbach, and Lena Nelson Dooley is my guest. And Lena, how can we find you online? Oh my goodness. I'm on Facebook. I'm on, I have a, I have a, a, a website. What's your website? LenaNelsonDooley.com, and then I have LenaNelsonDooley.blogspot.com, where I interview other Christian authors and promote their books, and you'll want to see that site. And then I'm Lena Nelson Dooley on on, uh, Facebook, Mm -hmm. on Twitter. I'm Lena N. Dooley on Twitter, but then I'm I'm all over. I'm on so, Instagram. Oh, yeah, on Instagram, I'm on, too. Yes. Yeah. On, on all my social media, including um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, I and Pinterest, I have gone with the same moniker so people can find me. So my handle yes. is Ange Breidenbach, A-N-G-B-R-E-I-D-E-N-B-A-C-H, Ange Breidenbach. And the reason is my name is so doggone long, kind of like yours. That I, I just made it simple. And people, friends and family always just call me Ange. So I thought, well, why not embrace it, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know, when I signed up for Twitter, which was way back, they had a limit of the number of letters you could have exactly. for your name. That's and how I so came up with it. <laughs> I had to do L-E-N-A-N, Dooley. I didn't, I couldn't put that Nelson I want to give but you I, I one, other, one other little tip on, on your name. Um, you said your great-grandmother's name was Olena, right? Yes. Uh, do you know why? I can tell you why. Okay. Okay. Oli, or Ole, however they want to say it, was it was a man's name. And often okay. they would name there a woman a- after the man, but they would add the Ina. So There is an Ole. I know. I don't know who it is. It may be maybe her father. It's highly because likely. There, I know. I, I've heard the name Ole. Either in, her, mm-hmm, either her father, um, and especially in the Scandinavians, they would they would rename like that, and so the girls would get kind of like the Ina is a common thing to add on to the end of a of a man's name 
to you know for a girl so that's a another thing wow today we were full of genealogy tips i hope you all enjoyed (laughs) the show thank you so much lena nelson dooley for being with us and folks do um, put on your calendar or go out and get if you're listening to us into the future the brides of minnesota by lena nelson dooley and if you are related to her through august m nelson or olena draxton be sure to get in touch with her through her website, lenanelsondooley.com. Right. <laughs> yes. Thank See you, you. next thank time you. on Historically Speaking. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, 